Welcome, Suns fans, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate you taking the time and pressing play, hanging out with us, especially on a Saturday night when there's a lot of football going on and everybody wants to watch the Bucks play, whoever the fuck they're playing. Um, but the Suns, man, the Suns come out. They play the Indiana Pacers tonight. They win 125 to 117. I got to ask you, Matthew, how are you so good at predicting these things? Did I, I did not this? see this. Yeah, you predicted them winning, and yeah, you I had did. more I faith did. in them winning tonight <laughs> than I did yesterday. So kudos to you and your expert uh, prediction. Yeah, yeah, I did predict it. Uh, but the first three quarters, I was kind of like, you know what? This does not look too good. I was very upset about a lot of things going on. But they pulled it together, unlike last night, dude. This is a, a win they needed. And uh, Chris Paul and Cam Johnson on my shit list tonight for Ooh. one turnover each for those guys. What are they thinking tonight in almost a perfect game? They yeah, blew well, I mean, we had a total of three turnovers, which is a franchise record for the Phoenix Suns on fewest turnovers. And, yeah, they go out there and decide that, you know what, now's the time that we're going to get our turnovers. Okay, you have one yeah. for Chris Paul. One for Cam Johnson. I don't even see the third one in the in the stat sheet. So they I said three. They said okay. three. So I just saw the two. So I don't know who the other one is. I don't know either. Maybe you can tell us in the chat. But thank you for joining the Suns Jam Session podcast. We truly appreciate it. We're going to go ahead and get started here very very soon. A uh, couple of of housekeeping notes to throw out there, as per usual. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead, rate, subscribe, and review. We truly appreciate it. Make sure you follow the Suns Jam Session on Twitter and Instagram at Suns Jam. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button. We truly appreciate it. Please so, do. So plenty to break down as the Pacers were downed by the Phoenix Suns tonight. Uh, if you got a beer, Matthew, don't tell me you got one of those aged white cloths tonight. No, no, I got. I couldn't recover today from that one, so I actually got a water. <laughs> Good for you. I'm glad you're being re responsible. Very so, underrated drink, man. I've got a Scottsdale Blonde again. Let's pop it. Ooh, yeah, it's going to be a nice night to enjoy a nice, tasty beverage. So, cheers, Suns fans. Drink them if you got them. So the Phoenix Suns, after losing kind of a surprising and puzzling game to Detroit, the next night come go to Indiana, the second best team in the Eastern Conference, and they defeat them 125 to 117. And I guess the real question I got is, Dave, Dave King, <laughs> how you is. doing? Beautiful baby. <laughs> Look at this guy, Dave King from the Suns Solar Panel, who's up ever so early this morning, putting out quality content on Fox Sports Arizona, decides to join the Suns Jam Session podcast at night. This guy, I don't know if he ever sleeps. He's like a vampire. Yeah. And, he, and he's muted. Can't hear you. Sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for the listeners. It's a good start. You there yet, Dave? No? No. We'll try Still again tomorrow can't. night. How about that? <laughs> Oh, there, there it is. is. There he is. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, cheers. Hey. Hey, what's going on? How are you? Cheers. Yes, he's got the, yeah, the mystery go. the mystery drink that he will never tell us exactly what's in it. So, No, you guys don't need to know. 
It's all good. It's all on right. a need to know basis. And we don't need enough to know. Years. I don't need to tell anybody what I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so what are your initial thoughts on that Pacers game? Were you surprised? I believe you had this one as a victory on the sun solar panel yeah. this morning, correct? Yeah, I was a hundred percent that this is a victory today. Um, uh, tonight, absolutely. After losing last night's game, uh, which I actually, uh, people want to give me crap for, but I kind of predicted uh, that the Suns were going to lose on Friday. Why do I think they were going to lose to the Pistons? Because they were going to go in thinking they had the game in the bag. The Pistons are one in seven. Pistons historically are a bad team. Yet at the same time, the Pistons play a lot of players who um, give trouble to to the Suns, like Mason Plumley and Blake Griffin and guys like that. So I was worried about how that was going to turn out. And now tonight, I just knew the Suns were going to come out strong. They were not going to lose the same way. Uh, the the Pacers are a very good team. I knew that the Suns were going to come out and and push back when the Pacers made their push. I do admit we all got a little bit worried in the third quarter. I think, but the Suns did not let that uh, deter them. Didn't let themselves get run over by Demontis Sabonis. One thing I'd like you guys to notice is. Um, three of the quarters, DeAndre Aiden primarily defended DeMontis Sabonis when Sabonis had the ball on the block. Can you guess which one DeAndre Aiden was not the primary defender on Sabonis? Um, probably the third. Yeah, when Sabonis <laughs> basically got a 2010 game in one quarter. In one quarter. I mean, it, it was unbelievable to see Devontis, and I was talking about it last night on the podcast. Sabonis is a bona fide star. I mean, he's somebody who I remember when bonafide. the Pacers came. Yeah, he's Sabonified, Saboner, that guy. The big, the biggest head in the league, DeMontis Sabonis. And when he came to Phoenix last year in the in a game where the Pacers just steamrolled the Phoenix Suns, it was my first time actually seeing him in person, and he's truly wow. impressive. And I think that a lot of Suns fans start to fall prey to the narrative that this is what DeAndre should, Ayton should be. They should He should be just like DeMontis Sabonis, and he's a completely wow. different player, completely different. Sabonis is like a supersized Dario Saric. Exactly. I mean, look, I'm not. I'm not trying to 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 say anything about, um, uh, you know, nationalities and stuff like that, or coming from Eastern Europe, whatever it is. I don't care about that. I just mean the way they play, kind of low to the ground, but a little herky jerky. Sabonis is just a lot more smooth about it than um, you know our rumbling, bumbling, stumbling <laughs> Dario Saric, who actually is incredibly gifted. And I give him that as a hard time, but man, he is a, he, he is a, he's a, he's a rumbler out there. And so it's a bonus in his own way. Yeah. But they all can pass. And I think that that's something that, yeah. uh, who, who was that earlier in the season? Mikhail Bridges said that he's like, what he loves about Dario is the fact that he can pass the ball. Uh, and all those yeah. guys from Eastern Europe can't demand to Sabonis. That's a great comparison. Matthew, what do you think of Sabonis and, and how he, what, what do you think of the size of his head? You know what? <laughs> when you brought that up last night, I was like, I never noticed. And then when we watched the game today, I was surprised it was a lot smaller than I thought. Because every time I see this guy, it's kind of like seeing a Kardashian. Like he always looks different every time I see him play physically. I don't know what it is, but he his head wasn't as big, John. But he's he, he looked player. like Wolverine no, tonight. Some of it's yeah. his hair. He does look like well, yeah. He looks yeah. phenomenal though, right? Wouldn't you he's want to look like that? Flowing locks. Yes, he kind of looks like kind of looks like Dave a little bit if he was six eleven, right? <laughs> kind of look. <laughs> yeah, I do have a big head, that's for sure. <laughs> no, but this is that's his fifth year. Too. <laughs> it's his fifth year, so I feel like maybe this is somebody. I know you're not saying it's the same game that Eden yeah. has, but I just think that it's his fifth year, so of course he's going to be great with centers. Center. I don't. Mean, he's is, playing the four, 
Aiden but it takes doesn't a little feel, bit while to get ready. Aiden doesn't feel people and absorb them and then get the shot off. Aiden just went, look, he Aiden is okay with bouncing and rumbling and bumbling when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He can box out, gets his rebounds, takes all the all the contact on people driving into him uh, when he's going to the hoop or when they're sorry, when they're going to the hoop, he can absorb contact there. But when he's got the ball in his hands, all of a sudden he wants to be a guard. So we've got to figure out. The Suns coaches, obviously, not we, but the Suns coaches have to figure out how to how to coach some body contact into him when he has the ball in his hands. It's like he's afraid to lose it. Yeah, there was the two times where he went up for the layup with two guys on him and they got blocked, he got stuffed. Well, Miles Turner like, is the best block artist in the entire league. Yeah, but not he went the last guy top. to do a weak layup against. Exactly. That is Eddie Johnson was saying, just try to break his arm. Don't really break his arm, but <laughs> just try it to at least. Eddie. Eddie, who only shot jumpers in his yeah. entire career. I'm <laughs> not sure. Sorry, Everybody Eddie, but I don't remember a highlight layup in your history. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing I really want to touch on to start this is Mikhail. Mikhail early, Mikhail often came out, had 15 of the Suns' first 22 point, points. Yeah. And I know that in the loss against Detroit, we really didn't necessarily talk about him and his six points. But he comes out, uh, his final box score Unbelievably impressive. 34 points, a career high by eight points. His career high before that was 26. Four for four from the free throw line. Six for eight from downtown. 12 for 18. Uh, you know, three rebounds, two assists. Why? What was different tonight versus last night? What was different tonight? Yeah, oh, why, why did he... Well, yeah, Matthew, why do you think he decided to turn it on? I keep when I join you guys, I always interrupt Matthew. I apologize. Yeah, ahead. you know what? We got to get past that, Dave. This is your show when you're on it, dude. <laughs> no, Come it's on. not. It's, it's yours. Dude. Come on. <laughs> um, no, but Mikhail, he was scoring from all over the place. I think he was just taking it to the rim. He did a lot of that. He dunked like the dunk he had over. I don't even know who it was. But that looked easy. So I feel like I can see we can see more of that maybe down the road. But he was shooting at mid-range. He was laying it up, shooting the three when he was actually open, but just fake, pump faking the defender and taking it to the hoop. Like, that's what we wanted him to do. And I think that was a big difference. It really got him in a groove. Yeah, I really think um, definitely Mikel was huge tonight. And I think he knows he knows he got himself a little bit lost in that Pistons game the other night. Um, he, I even said in the more in the show this morning that he, he didn't have any room, anybody really to guard that was his size or smaller because he's really good at that. Um, I think Jeremy Grant, even Monty Williams said, surprised the heck out of those guys. And, and, and Mikel knew he was out of the game basically mentally in that game. And so he came out with fire tonight and he made his presence known obviously with the 32 points he made five out of seven threes but i tell you what um it was the it was the drives to the hoop it was the acrobatic long arm layups and stuff like that 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 just really really opened up his game yeah and i thought what was interesting was last night in the second half detroit uh they they threw a lot of zone at the suns and the suns really didn't know how to navigate it so they fell victim to what typically teams do against the zone they just start jacking up threes and they got once indy threw the zone at him a couple times in the second half they knew how to navigate it and mikhail bridges was a big part yeah. of that he he was the guy who you know last night would have a wide open three-pointer and he'd take it with the guy running at him tonight he threw the pump fake and decided you know what i'm gonna go to the rim and i think one of my favorite plays was actually where he decided to go to the rim and he's going up with his right hand and he, he almost passed it to the crowder to jay or into the corner to jay crowder and he laid it up and in and i was like that's the difference between even last night and this and tonight. And it's, it goes to show you Monty's adjustments, the team's adjustments. As, as I mentioned last night on the pod, 
when we had our first back-to-back and we lost the first against the Kings, we came out and we played a very efficient game and a very well-coached game by Monty. The same thing happened night overnight. And it's, it's impressive to see when you go up against a team like the Indiana Pacers, which is no slouch in the Eastern Conference, to come out and play the way they did, yeah. it just it almost frustrates you more that they lost last night because they could be two and zero. No, on this, no, this those road those trip. losses happen, man. These this is even true. the best teams in the league lose twenty games a year, so it just happens. It it just does. Um, I tell you what, the floppy socks in the chat also pointed out Devin Booker. I'm, other people may have also in the YouTube chat. Um, other people may have also done that, but that was the one I noticed and. Yeah, absolutely. Devin Booker was Devin Booker of old today. He was aggressive, drive into the hoop. He didn't get all the calls he wanted to get, but man, he was he was aggressive the whole night, and that makes a huge difference. I think he's been deferring a lot to uh, Chris Paul this year for good reason, and Chris Paul just hasn't been playing up to even Chris Paul's standards. I don't think yet. Um, and there's a lot of just you know whose whose turn is it? Whose turn is it? And then campaign playing so well as the backup point guard. Now you've got Devin Booker who had to be the secondary playmaker the whole game and it like unleashed him. And I hope this unleashes Devin for the rest of the season because that is the Devin that the Suns need to win 50 games. Yeah, he needed this. I think seven assists, zero turnovers. Like that's the Devin Booker of old. I feel like even last year needed that. And I think the whole team played that same way. I mean, they were just not turning Mm -hmm. the ball over, which is almost perfect. You have to play almost that perfectly against a team like the Pacers, especially on the back-to-back and yeah. then they just pull away in the end. I love seeing Booker take over in the end. Like I was, that was something that we were waiting to see last game. And I yeah. think tonight it just blew me away. He had one of his famous dunks to the one-handed runaway dunk over Holiday. Like I love that dunk, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just that gets him going too. I feel like. Well, and that was the challenge last night. I mean, we talked about it. He decided a little too late that he was going to be Devin Booker, and he's used to having his back against the wall, down nine points, and then he's like, "Okay, I've got to carry this team." So that's when he decided to start playing last night. And yeah. this game, he came out with that. He just looked angry, and he's like, "I'm going to score, and good luck trying to stop me tonight." And although it wasn't the most efficient Devin Booker performance, 25 points on 19 field goal attempts. The fact that he was taking 19 field goal attempts is something that I want to continue to see. When he ends the game with 12 field goal attempts, that's where he is, as Dave mentioned, deferring a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Now he was he was definitely aggressive the whole time, and he was dribbling through those traps too. Uh, he's got that speed. He's got that that ability. He doesn't just need to give the ball up. They the defenses are he called a junk defense. Uh, a week or two ago, uh, talking about, I guess it was only a week ago, uh, talking about how teams are playing him this year. And it's true, man. Whenever he gets the ball out behind the three-point line, he gets immediately trapped. Just They don't care yet. They want to sh- they want Chris Paul to prove it. They want the other shooters to prove it. When the Suns make 35-plus percent of their threes, they're going to win the game. You know what? They're going to lose when they miss 16 straight threes. It just exactly. can happen. And you're getting pounded inside. Like this, actually, looking back on this game, it reminds me of the old sons, Steve Nash and, and Amari Stoudemire and, and guys like that. Teams would constantly drive the ball to the hoop. And we would constantly say the Suns got to work on their defense. The Suns got to, you know, Amari's got to get in there and block those shots. Amari's got to stop those drives. And and yet the Suns were still winning because they'd make enough threes and get enough three-point plays of their own to stay in the lead. And that's exactly what happened in this game is the Suns kept the lead the whole time. No matter, it looked like Milwaukee, uh, excuse me, Milwaukee. Yeah, it looked like Indiana was just pounding the Suns. And yet even that third quarter was dead even on scores. 
Yeah, that's what was impressive. I mean, after yeah. getting, you know, hashtag surviving Sabonis in that third quarter where he put up monster sets, like you said, a double-double, he, uh, in that quarter alone, he had 20 of Indy's 34 points and nine of their 18 rebounds. 20 and 20 nine. And nine like in a, a good average for a whole game. <laughs> it is. It's unbelievable. But at the same time. Poor Dario. 34 I mean, points. I yeah. I mean, he got put in the mixer. He's the one who kind of had to take the brunt of it. The cement mixer. Yes. I mean, dude, Jesus. <laughs> He's got to change those shoes out tonight. Yeah, just leave just leave him in Indiana. <laughs> leave okay? those shoes in Indiana, dude. Yeah, don't take him <laughs> with you to Washington. Call it call it a game, you know, a night. Uh, it was, but but to survive those things is is something that I think is yeah. is absolutely paramount because it was like Jeremy Grant last night. If it seemed like when Jeremy Grant would score, the Suns didn't necessarily have an answer because of the versatility of Jeremy Grant and the way that he scored. He would go to the hoop, then he would hit a three, and you know the nice thing was. DeMontis Sabonis wasn't hitting his three-pointers tonight. That is a part of his game. Hey, I he guess was, it was basically Jeremy Grant tonight. It was Mikel Bridges. No, absolutely. Like the, the, I'll bet the Pacers folks, uh, the players, the coaches, and you know their podcasters, I'm sure, are doing post-game stuff. Um, they're saying, who the, why does Mikel Bridges have this kind of offensive game? I didn't know he had that kind of offensive game. What's going on here? And well, that's what we were doing the other night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Matthew, the, the the first guy off the bench in campaign's absence was Javon Carter. That's got to make you happy, right? Yeah, you know it. It's not like he knows how to pass the ball yet, <laughs> but he he'll still jack it up. There's a few things he just kind of frustrates me on, like towards the end of the game when Cam Johnson was wide open in the corner, and Javon was a little hot in that game, but he took the shot from three instead of passing it again. That kind of drove me nuts. I still get frustrated with him because he's not trying to find the wide open man. Like he's very, very selfish in that way, but I guess he's just a shooter now. But I was looking to see who would take those those minutes, but it wasn't really him. I think Booker, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. the playmaking side of it, we just needed him to step up in that way. That a campaign when he's gone, he needs to step in and fill those shoes. It's not going to be Javon Carter. It's no one else on that bench. I know that Galloway came in too earlier, but I mean he's just there to shoot threes. But besides that, I wanted to point it out too that De- DeAndre and his defense today when he was actually guarding mm-hmm. Sabonis, I think it was Sabonis' last three attempt that he took. It was funny. If you saw DA go up to contest the block, he actually turned his head mid-shot and yelled box out to the other guys on the court yeah. to get yeah. that rebound. That was just something I noticed. I didn't know if you guys saw that or not, but that was just badass. I didn't. That's good. That was just I wish so they would st- do that more when DeAndre's helping uh, stop yes. somebody else besides Sabonis, and Sabonis yeah. is climbing up his back for their offensive rebound. That was the only thing Sabonis was, was doing well in the fourth quarter was following Aiden to the rim when Aiden was trying to, to help his guy who got beat and then uh, just, just climb his back, get that rebound offensive put back. I mean, the uh, I think Eddie was even talking about it. It's like, as long as he's still moving, Consistently mm-hmm. from the three-point line to the rim, they won't call it an offensive foul, even though Aiden ends up in the stanchion uh, yeah. because of the push. Well, I mean, this is, I guess, a good time for Aiden Watch 2021. We talk about Aiden every time on this podcast. I love I mean, it. There's only, only four players to talk about, so. Yeah, he gets his own little segment because he's obviously yeah. a hot topic for Suns fans. You know, eight, only eight points. Tonight, so I'm yeah. sure that Suns Nation's freaking out. He's four for mm-hmm. ten from the field, uh, but he had 14 rebounds. Three offensive, three of those were offensive in 34 minutes. And again, he's going against an All Star in Demontis Sabonis, and I think yeah. he held his own. He really in the first also half, Miles Turner. No, it's yeah. dude, Miles Turner is yeah. a beast. He's a defending man, uh, shots, and uh, he doesn't rebound very well. But man, he is a beast defending shots. And Aiden just doesn't have the aggression to to finish over him. 
Yeah, and so what do you need from him? You need him to hold down the paint and play some defense and play smart defense, and I think that that's important. Mm -hmm. He ended with only the two personal fouls, so he wasn't necessarily part of putting the Pacers into foul trouble. Conversely, we were drawing fouls tonight, which was nice to see. 17 for 17 from the free throw line. The the, uh, Pacers went 17 for 24, but just a smart game from D.A., and I think that's something that we should appreciate. Again, he's not going to go out and throw the the 20 and 9 and 1 quarter, and uh, when he does, uh, we'll change the Aiton watch intro for him into Aiton's a badass. Uh, but until then, I mean, he had had those before, actually. Didn't he have a 24 point quarter uh, as a rookie? But that was because yeah. the Suns hey, were so we were bad, nobody was trying to play. We, yeah, we were at that game. Don and I were at that game. We were actually yeah, in the Blue Moon Lounge drinking when he was doing hey, it. Hey. <laughs> it was, I, just, yeah. I think, was it against the Mavericks? Was it yeah, the Mavericks I don't game? remember. I was really proud. No, it was the Clippers. No, Clippers. Sorry. Yes. Was it the no, Clippers? It was the okay. Nuggets because Jokic, um, I was wondering how Jokic let him do that. But basically, um, I think they just decided the Suns were yeah. down twenty, so I, I, they just decided to let him well, that, score. That's correct because for some reason, every time the Nuggets come to town, Matthew and I are at the game. I don't know how yeah, we always, at least always give us tickets to the Nuggets game. <laughs> now I know. Yeah, why. It's usually a heartbreaker at the end. Yeah, it always yeah. it's always Jamal Murray and Jokic in the fourth quarter. We talked about that after the Denver game. It was nice to see them actually hold them off and win the game because normally it's Jamal Murray hitting some you know mid range yep. crusher against us. So, um, yeah. but. As uh, you know, I'll never forget that that um, everyone called him a, a shooting god when he hit that fall away twenty two and a half footer against Booker to win the game. It's like that's exactly the shot you want to do. Yeah, to take. he just hit it as Booker when he hit that shot over Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That's the shot they want him to take. Yeah, and you know what? Right. He he hit it. So you just kind of. You hit that yep. too. I, I just hit the mic. <laughs> I hit it there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else do we want to talk about today, boys? Again, great win against the Pacers. Javon Carter. Did we talk yes. enough about Javon Carter? No, no, we didn't get Fantastic, Fantastic stretch there. Those, yeah, those like two straight, three straight steals at the beginning of the fourth quarter was just incredible. Yeah, his yeah. defense. I mean, he's always in there. I feel like he's like the booger picker of the team. Like he is just picking that ball <laughs> away from everybody. Like I'm serious. Like even uh, Mal- Malcolm Brogdon had a hard time against him. He would just literally just go in there and just scrape the ball away from his body. Like he does that a lot. You see that from Javon Carter every game. Him and campaign in his absence, he had to make up for campaign's absence in that way of just like doing a double time in a way to where he was making the opposing team like having a harder time tonight. But he's you can always count on him to do that, I feel like, on defense, right? Just picking that oh, ball yeah. out. Yeah, and he got the five fouls because he was super aggressive. But the Suns needed it tonight. The Suns absolutely needed it. He saw his chance, campaign being out um, uh, with that ankle issue, so he knew he was going to get some extra time. And he made every second count when he was out there. He either got a steal, a jumper, a layup, or a foul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I <laughs> I think he was challenging Langston Galloway for for impact minutes. <laughs> I know Galloway had only the twelve minutes like last night. Same, yeah, same game. yeah. Crazy. Well, he didn't have as much of an impact because he's a catch no, and shooter. He, he doesn't actually yeah. create, you know. And so uh, that's that's what makes it hard to give give Langston Galloway a ton of time. Is he's not an offensive creator, and when you're a little guy out there, especially for the Suns, um, you can't just stand in the corner. You know, yeah, well, I mean, he it, is the everybody puts Galley in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. come on, oh, man. someone's old enough to know oh, that. And a dirty dancing reference on the oh, side. Right, oh, thank you. I went over my head. Well played. 
Yeah, Thank Matthew you. doesn't watch I'm movies. Sorry. Um, I'm still well, trying to grow my beard. I, out. I did want to bring up the minutes because I thought it was interesting on the second night of a back to back. You thought, like with campaign being out, I thought we'd probably see Etwan more. I know a lot of people were talking about that today on Twitter and while I was watching the Sun Solar panel this morning at work. Uh, please don't fire me at work for watching it on Saturdays when I first get in, but uh, it's kind of my routine. And <laughs> it was interesting how Langston Galloway they're only watching has you right now. They're either never going to tell on you or they're looking for reasons to fire you. So you just did it. Ooh, <laughs> nice. Well played. But a lot, I think a lot of, I hope they listen. Oh, whatever. Speaking of which, now's a good time to do a shameless plug. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the Bright Side of the Sun <laughs> Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate, subscribe, and review. And if you are watching via YouTube, hit the subscribe button and hit the thumbs up button and hit the little bell button and hit all the buttons you can and ding, ring a ding dong. Anyway, hey, my centennial kid in the chat is is talking about whether sticks should be <clears throat> traded. I mean, yeah, trade a, is a year ago, Cam Johnson missed the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, are you glad mm-hmm. you didn't trade Cam Johnson? Yeah, I am. Yeah, and well, maybe give him a chance. And shout out to so says Jay, our good buddy over at Fanny the Flames podcast. He's at trade sticks. Stop it. I mean, he he's out right now. Yeah. I think it's it's health issues, is what they're kind of saying. So it we was don't ankle know. before now, it's ankle, and now it's it's probably yeah. COVID. So he's out for those reasons. This is a team where we don't need him at this point. We just beat the Pacers. We don't need sticks yeah. at this point. He's somebody who we can allow to develop, and it's probably going to end up being a decent player for this team once he stops, you know, having the the head in the or the deer in the headlight look. Because I mean, yeah. he did yeah. have that a little bit early on. He's on defense. He was. I was watching some of his offensive plays. I was like, okay, the guy's he's confident, he can shoot. Then you watch him on defense, and he's just, you know, his head's going every <laughs> yeah, which way. Well, the NBA well, is a little bit different than college. Yeah, exactly. This, need a little bit of time to help it slow down. This might have to do with the Tyrese Halliburton play, though, over in Sacramento. I know Sacramento's losing, but he looks great, and then we were scared of Let's that. Right? See Tyrese play with COVID. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no, Tyrese Halliburton is playing great. I have just never been a person who watches the other guys the Suns could have had. It's like, geez, do you also pine over ex-girlfriends? I mean, come on. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's a very good point because I mean, I've literally seen people build out Suns rosters because of the last 10 years and, and how poor we've done in the draft at times. Yeah. And they've built out Suns rosters of who we could have had. It's like, yeah, if we hit on every pick, yes, we would have had a decent team. But you still yeah. can't guarantee that those teams and those personalities are going to mesh well. That's what makes this Suns team an effective team is they have great personalities, great veteran presence, the ability to shoot the three ball like we've really never seen since the seven seconds or less era. And yeah. you know, I, and we're out shooting that team easily right now just because the NBA is different, but they can hit the, the three ball. They have an interior presence at times. They cut. I think one of the biggest things that I noticed from Mikhail today was he was cutting again. I didn't see him yeah. really necessarily cutting during zone defenses against Detroit last night. Tonight he was right. cutting and he was being rewarded. And it, once we get that pick and roll with down. With without the ball. Ex- too, that's like he was key. driving cutting. Yes. Yeah, on, on and off, yep. That's the key. And when you have so many different ways that we can beat you on offense – we're just going to be that much better because our defense yeah. is stout as it is because we're long because we're versatile. I think the one challenge that we run into is our four Jay Crowder isn't necessarily a prototypical four. When you look at Indiana and you see Miles Turner yeah. and DeMontis Sabonis, that's scary. Yeah. These are two of the bigger teams they're going to see physically. I mean, Blake Griffin was not exactly old Blake Griffin, but he was pretty dang uh impressive on friday night and then you've got demonta sabonis those are the guys that are going to give sun the sun's trouble um and i think they did the right thing this time by putting deandre aiden on demonta sabonis as much as they could except for that third quarter 
because Aiton can stay with these guys, whereas uh, you just need somebody who can box out the other dude. Uh, and um, tonight that worked well enough, uh, definitely, to beat Miles Turner and, and the and the Pacers. So, Matthew, my next question here is for you. The Suns obviously tied, I believe, is a franchise record for fewest amount of turnovers after a night when they couldn't stop turning the ball over. Is that just focus, or is that a, a is it just a focus? Of- it's a lot of butt whooping after that game last night. I mean, you think I mean, Monty was playing last night? Yeah, they all got spankings last night. So that had a lot to do with it, I think. But honestly, it's just slowing down the tempo, I think, of the offense, right? I mean, they put up 125 points, but I feel like a lot of the offensive sets almost ran to the full shot clock. So for that reason, they were taking their time, especially Booker. I feel like he just needs to slow down. When he gets too rushed, he'll lose the ball quickly. It'll be a turnover. Cam Johnson, too, tonight. I liked him. Did you see his step back three? I've never seen that before in my life where Cam Johnson had a step back three. So him doing that and not trying to, because before what Cam used to do is take the ball, dribble and just run one way and then lose the ball. Oh, but tonight man. he didn't do that either. Like that everybody was sweet. Was the behind the back step back three. That was yeah, like, was- Cam Johnson does this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first time, right? I don't think he's yeah. ever done that. He was very comfortable. A lot of them, they all did look comfortable holding the ball. And just taking their time, and that's one thing DA does too. I mean, he had a few possessions down on the block where last night he would capitalize on it, but tonight the shot just wouldn't go down. But when they're just taking their time on offense, they have every every player on that team that's on the floor has an opportunity to score whenever, wherever. So they just need to take their time to find that that player wide open, and they usually do, and tonight they did. Well, it's crazy to think that coming into this game, they are last in the league in pace. And then they come up and they put 125 points on a team, which is their highest scoring output thus far this season. But that's primarily due to efficiency. I mean, they went 48.9% from the field, 39 from downtown. And when you have nights like that, you can un- yeah. under 100 possessions is is where they kind of live. They had they, 46 for 94 tonight. And another key thing is 33 assists on those 46 made field goals. 33 assists. That's great. That's where we need to live. And again, last night yeah. we got stagnant with the ball. A, a lot of our good passing last night was negated by poor three-point shooting because we were passing guys open. We just weren't knocking them down. Whereas tonight you hit a few of those threes. And, and that was one of the keys I really felt that Matthew and I were talking about it almost ad nauseum on the, po- on the podcast last night, how the Suns just don't force the issue inside. Sometimes they fall into this rut. And again, no. it's early in the season. This is game number – was this game number 10? Yeah, 10, seven to three. Yeah, so this is game number ten, and we're still they're still yeah. trying to figure themselves out. We're still trying to understand what we're digesting. As seven fans. and three. That's pretty yeah. darn good. Isn't, isn't that awesome? <laughs> yes. You know, and it's not the Incredible. same. You know, and, and kudos to the the article that you wrote earlier this week, Dave, about how the seven and four Suns on Bright Side of the Sun. Make sure you guys all check it out. Yeah, shameless. That's part. right. Brightsideofthesun.com. dot com. <laughs> You can read all three of us writing Matthew once yep. a month, I, once every two months. Yeah, <laughs> Matthew my two hundred uh, words out there is a guest writer <laughs> almost at this point. Oh, yeah, <laughs> baloney. <laughs> but at the same time, you were talking about how that seven and four team this time last year is completely different than what we could be if we're seven and four by game eleven this year, just the way that this team is structured. But to get back to my point. This team sometimes, as they're learning who they are, fall into the rut of falling into that in love with the three-point ball. And Monty's telling these guys, keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting, even if they're not going in. Our yeah. two, two of our three losses, that is the reason why. Against the Kings and you against look, Detroit. Right. And you look back at that game last night, those shots were open. 
Those three when they missed 16 straight and what was it? 20 something out of 20, uh, two out of 25, two out of 25. This is like the, the rockets from a couple of years ago. Mike D'Antoni was probably smiling watching that, those highlights. Um, But that's, that's the way it is. And they were open. The Suns weren't forcing almost none of those were forced. They were wide open. The Suns were just missing them. And Monty said, look, I'm not going to tell these guys to not take open shots. So, heck no, I'm not telling them to stop shooting the threes. The thing is, you do need to be as aggressive as you can. And if you feel like you need to set the set the tone, then, then get in there. But he's never going to tell those guys to not take an open three because that is the worst thing, right? What's yes. worse than missing an open three? is staring at it and not taking anything and then losing the entire uh, 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 flow of the offense. And the confidence of the offense as well, right, Matthew? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Monty instills that a lot in this offense, and that's what I love. I mean, Mm. you're going to have the times, too, where I was thinking about, like, DeAndre Aiden. Are they trying to get him the ball still inside, or what's going on with that? Because, honestly, there's a lot of pick and rolls I saw tonight where he was open, the pass wasn't made, and then also he's having the mismatches that's not there too. So like when that's not going, of course you want to shoot the wide open three or just force a three if a defender's coming at you. But I feel like he's still open. Is there something I'm missing here? Yeah, with he him? doesn't look. To, he doesn't look to get open. Like he, he's he's. I watch him. Look, we're all watching DeAndre Ayton a little bit way too much off the ball. I get that's it. That's why but, we have Ayton watch. That's right. Um, that's but he watch. really doesn't make himself available for the pass all the time it's like there can be times where he's open by bat but by that time the guys have given up trying to get him the ball and then they got to make they got to make a good play you can't just sit there and wait remember um what is it three years ago isaiah keenan as our starting point guard and and deandre was the two years ago actually because deandre was the rookie how much worse it was because they would just stand there and eyeball trying to figure out how to get the ball into him. And you know what? He had a great rookie season, 16 points a game as a rookie, but that did not teach him how to make himself available at the right time. Mm -hmm. And Chris Paul is going to work with him. I know Chris Paul is going to work with him and DeAndre is going to get better, but he's not a natural. He's not, he doesn't jump to catch and finish. Everything's got to be down bounce passes. Uh, So Steve Nash, would have been a great point guard for DeAndre Ayton because Steve Nash was the king of the bounce pass. And maybe Amari wasn't great at the catch and finish like Sean Marion was, remember, back in the day. But uh, Amari was really great at catching the bounce pass. And there was one time, uh, one feed into Ayton tonight, Eddie made the comment that, did you see how hard it was either Booker or Paul bounced it? Booker. So that it would get up to Ayton's thighs. Because the problem is when they do those those tough bounce passes into him. They're not doing it hard enough and it stays down his knee. And that look, if you're a seven footer catching a ball coming at you at your knees and still having the agility to finish and do everything you need to do is tough. If it's just at your thighs, it's much easier to work with. So uh, these guys will figure it out. Booker's had three years. I don't know if Booker's going to be able to figure it out with him and that's okay. Booker's an incredible player. Uh, but Chris Paul is a maestro at feeding guys on the pick and roll. He will figure it out and we'll see a better Aiden in the second half of the year. There is time folks. I know you don't think there's enough time, but there is time. There's 60 games left, (laughs) 62 games left in this season. And there's another season ahead. It all gets better from here. And we're seven and three. We haven't seven and three. Yeah. Chris (laughs) Paul hasn't unlocked 
DeAndre Ayton and know that the last two games you had, you know, big fat Mason Plumlee clogging the paint, who isn't the greatest defender, but he takes up some space, Blake Griffin. And then tonight you have Sabonis and Turner down there. So the pick and roll might not have been kind of the go-to offensive set. Now, when you go on Monday and you play Washington, uh, you're probably going to have a lot more opportunity to run some of those high pick and rolls and figure out how to get him the ball. So, you know, I, I, again, in the chat, the YouTube chat, people are going back and forth about Aiden. He dunks, he doesn't dunk. He, you know, he, he's, he's garbage. He's great. I mean, everybody goes, it, it's the great paradox of the Phoenix Suns is Deandre Aiden and what we expect him to be versus what he is. And at yeah. the end of the day, as long as he's effective, that's all I care about. As long as we get a W I don't care. Luka Doncic can put up triple doubles all day long, and Dallas can lose. I don't care. We want to win games right. now. Yeah, you right. said that now, but in the third quarter when the Suns looked like they might lose this game and D.A. wasn't doing anything offensively. He, he wasn't there, was, though. He was on the bench. I, I, you, no, I know. what you. I know, but I'm talking about the whole rest of the game earlier. It's just like, okay, he wasn't there at all. So when he has yeah. comments about, like, hey, I'm just going to focus on defense. There's a lot of offensive presence around me. Let's worry about them. Give them the ball. Stuff like that. <laughs> And it starts to irritate me a little bit because it's like, okay, you're the number one pick. You get to choose when and where you get to have your offense. You don't, you're not going to force feed it. Well, to just them. because the Suns got the number one pick doesn't mean they get to mold him out of clay into whatever they want. The dude is the dude. DeAndre Eaton is who he is. You got to maximize his ability. If his ability is not to catch lob passes and and slam dunk like Amari Stoudemire, guess what? Maybe mm-hmm. figure out what he is really good at. And you know what he's really good at? Defense. You know what he's really good at? rebounding you know he's really good at he's got a good touch around the rim he's never going to be mr monster he's not going to be even deandre jordan as far as finishing but i'll bet you i'd rather have him than deandre jordan in his prime no that's him in his prime over deandre jordan in his prime but that's just me when the suns are losing i'm talking about then when it's like they win of course they just want the win and i'm like this is just deandre so excuse me so i that's not me for real. That's just when they're losing. No, I get it. I was talking to the, the yelling at the wall, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't count. I'm just letting you know my little demons out. Well, and, right? and what about his turnaround <laughs> jump shot on Demontis Sabonis today? I mean, that looked how pretty was that? And in that moment, you're yeah. like, okay, yeah, okay, two points is two points, and that was pretty. And again, as he develops, remember, and I've said this probably 30 times yeah. this week because I was on with Brendan on uh, Locked On, and I was saying the same thing. This what tonight was what his 119th career game. 119th yeah, career game. Yeah. Like for a guy who started playing basketball late, he's mm. still learning and we're winning. Like, but you should be rejoicing, Suns right. fans. He's still, he's, he's athletic and he's got his defense. You know, a, another shameless plug go by our YouTube channel. We put together a defense, early season defense video of, of DeAndre. Check it out. He plays really good defense. He can switch. He can, he can, you know, guard the perimeter. He's great in transition. I mean, there's so many positives, but because he doesn't slam dunk the ball, it's a debate every night, and that's, did, again, why we have eight. Uh, tonight is a perfect example of DeAndre Ayton's defense. In in one quarter, DeMontis Sabonis got 20 points and nine rebounds because DeAndre was not his primary defender. And DeMontis Sabonis this year has had double-doubles every single game. He's an all-star. He averages. He's like, he's like Nikola Jokic, except he doesn't get enough pub because he's in Indiana, and he's DeMontis Sabonis. I mean, yeah. but he is basically – he's a, he averages over 20 points, over 11 rebounds, and over six assists a game. He is a great player, and yet in quarters one in, – in the first two quarters, guess what? He had four points. And in the final quarter, I don't know how many he had, but it wasn't that many. Um, but the dude – 
DeAndre Eaton is a very good defender. The problem is that when the Suns put him on an island, then they don't have anyone uh, crashing the boards behind Aiton. And so uh, uh, some guys get the get the putbacks and stuff like that. Yeah. He can't do it all, but God, I, I would much rather have him in a playoff series than someone who's all offense and dunks. The perfectly said, and I don't I think I trust DA's defense one-on-one more than I trust anything else on the Suns offense, more than I trust right now Chris Paul or Devin Booker handling the ball. Like I just trust DA's defense more than anything yeah. right now on the Suns team. And I'm not saying like Paul and Booker are terrible doing what they're doing. I'm just saying whenever DA is against someone, like when Sabonis is shooting the three or a guard pulls him away one-on-one like yeah. that, I trust it. I'm not scared. I know DA has yeah. it because the defense is phenomenal. Absolutely. And and speaking of phenomenal players, it's time for us to hand out our jam star of the game. I've yet to come up we with a cool video. Yeah, the jam star. I got to come up with some video. You got to do some back. glam, yeah. glitzy, you know. I will. Just like the eight glam star. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the girl on the stage with the woohoo. Yeah, yeah. I get like Britney Spears. Britney Spears, what? glam star of the game. Yeah, yeah, of course, then I, yeah exactly. I Wait. aged myself. I'm like, Britney Spears is a camera. I saw a post today uh, somewhere. Oh, okay, and it, Matthew. Uh, Miley Cyrus then. I'm just yeah. joking, dude. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to Ariana Grande. It was 20 years ago today that Britney and Justin Timberlake appeared together in like the denim dress and and him yeah. with the cowboy hat on. That was 20 oh, years wow. ago today. And I was like, holy shit, I'm getting wow. old. But we digress. JT, the, JT yes, is awesome, JT, by the way. JT, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's his name, so, JT. Uh, we'll start with Matthew. <laughs> Matthew, who's your jam star of the game? Raquel Bridges. Why? Just as a Justin. Because of everything we talked about today. His adjustment <laughs> yeah. scoring. I mean, the defense is always there, of course, but just it was basically when we watched the game, EJ coaches these guys, he yells things out like how you needed to improve what you need to do. Mikhail took last night's game into this game, making the adjustments that he should have made last night, but then this game he made those adjustments, going to the rim, taking those little um 16 foot jumpers when they're there. Like he did everything he could to score. And he just looked like he was in a zone all game. So he's my jam star of the game. God bless is he, him. Is he yours too, Dave? Nope. Uh, my jam star of the game is Devin Booker. Look, you already called Mikel. I can't just copy you. Yeah. Uh, but Devin Booker was his old self in this game. He is the one who who helped the Suns close out this game. When they took that, when they went on that big run, guess what? It was Chris Paul on the bench. And it was Devin Booker and and the wings all out there. And Devin was just driving into the teeth of defense and either taking the shot or um, uh, feeding it out to the three-point line. It was beautiful to watch. He's my Okay. Guy. So there you go. And Corey Jones in the tra- in the chat says, Co-Jam stars, Bridges and Book. Zybull97 gives it up to Mikhail. You got Vikings. He gives it up to Book. Coda Kid gives it to Mikhail. Bridges for Raymond Gonzalez. Bridges for Nicholas Tan. Uh, let's see. We got We got... Jaman of the game is Aiden Benjamin Steele making his own award <laughs> there. I, I dig that. You got Mikhail Bridges from Jermaine. Uh, let's see anyone else. Oh, I like this infinite tranquility. Kawhi Leonard. I mean, J- Mikhail Bridges. Well said there. Sure, I'm missing some people here. Raymond Gonzalez Carter. Okay, I'm gonna give it to Jay Crowder. Okay, Jay Crowder's performance tonight. Jay. Wow. I mean, unbelievable with 10 points, eight rebounds. No, I'm just kidding. It's Mikhail It's one guy we haven't talked about. Only two for seven from downtown. Yeah. But again, when you when he he's your power forward, he's the guy who's not going to get a lot of pub on this team because he's the fifth best guy on the court when we our starting five comes out. And 
as he kind of goes so far, we kind of go. And the way that he was to have, mm-hmm. he had the ability to play a little bit of defense. The way that he passes the ball, four assists tonight. He's the, like the one guy who can get an entry pass into DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I'm really impressed with Jay Crowder. But yeah, that is true. He is the only <laughs> dude who seems to be able to get the ball to Ayton where he can catch it and finish. Yeah, I guess the other but, guys are just too short. Maybe the other guys are just too short. They can't get to him. I don't I'm know not going to be able to sleep tonight thinking about that. That is the <laughs> revelation of the night. There you I go. Can't. You can use that on the solar uh, panel next week and uh, just shout out to us. I will. And and those other two dudes will look at me like, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> can I swear on this show? Absolutely. Oh, There's no swear jar here. Yeah. It's my favorite thing God, on the Sun Solar panel. Every time Dave just is like, what is this shit? And like, selling is- everyone, like they get mad. Um, Kareem uh, wow. says Bridges, laced bacon XL, which sounds delicious. Bulldog. Um, <laughs> so uh, again, shout out to all the jamsters who are hanging out with us. Humble Rumble, you got yeah, Mikhail Bridges. You guys high, are awesome. Four. All right, real quick before we end this, I want to talk about what's coming up on Monday. Another early game, 5 p.m. start. It's going to be interesting to have a day off. It's always interesting to do these back to back. So enjoy your football tomorrow. Does anyone know the score of the Bucks games? Anyone got that up somewhere? Yeah, I got 18 to no. seven right now. And who are they playing? Buccaneers versus the Washington. Seven. What is oh, it? The, the first Washington quarter of the basketball game? game? What's 18 points? Yeah. yeah. Who oh. hit the three ball? Did Brady hit a three? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fade away three. Yeah. Step back. Fade away. <laughs> so the, the, the Suns are going to make the flight to Washington, Washington, D.C. and try to avoid any sort of insurrection that's occurring there and play the Washington Wizards on Monday at 5 p.m. Unfortunately for the Wizards, I, I didn't see the injury, but everywhere everyone's been talking about that. Their, their center, a guy who's toasted the Suns. Thomas Bryant. Yeah. Thomas Bryant tore his ACL, I believe, tonight. Uh, like Bradley how Woj Beal, said, initially it's been diagnosed as a painful knee injury. I'm like, are any pain in, knee injuries not painful? Yeah, that's like you're missing basketball. It's painful. That's like Tony Romo saying that, oh, it looks like Dak sprained his ankle, and then they cut to the camera shot, and his ankle sideways. <laughs> Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> Same oh, I shit. remember that. I remember yes. that. Oh, yeah. Matthew's and Bradley Beal is sitting out due to uh, the COVID the protocols. COVID right. protocol. So he got B. it or he's close to somebody who did. Mr. Yeah. Triple Double. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting night. So you And Russell Westbrook, I know, uh, tonight sat out because he had a quad issue in the game against Miami. So we are going against a team that is going to be beat up. You have Rui Hachimura, Davis Bertans. Um, I think the guy who's probably going to burn us, you know, and again, this is one of those games where the Suns really need to focus. What yeah. won tonight for the Suns was focus. They weren't focused mm-hmm. against Detroit. They came out tonight. They were focused on their opposition. I saw the whole game. They were not focused against Detroit. I totally agree Exactly. And tonight it was focused right from the tip. And you're going into yep. Washington against a team that you're hearing all these things on your flight into the nation's capital. And you're like, okay, this is one we could technically, we need to come out with focus again and dominate this mm-hmm. team. If we don't, Ish Smith is going to have our ass. Yeah, I'm frightened, right? Every time I think about Washington, I think about um, Russell Westbrook and how he is the Chris Paul of the NBA, but he loses games. So we got like the better half of that. You know what I mean? Like they're both kind of remind me <laughs> of the same player a little bit. I know Russell Westbrook has a little bit more energy and all that, but I'm just happy we have Chris Paul, not Russell Westbrook. Because I know that was kind of a thing a little bit yeah. there. Like, you trade for Russell Westbrook? It's like, hell no, because that guy just knows how to lose games. And that's what – I feel like Washington looked better going into this season, mm-hmm. but now they're just – they look worse than I thought they would be. I thought they'd at least you know, be like 
your team right now. You know what, though? Anything can happen because, as uh, Benjamin Schindel in the in the chat said, Ish Smith kills the Suns. He's going to drop thirty five. Yeah, he does. <laughs> all on all on herky jerky layups or you know stuff like that. But Ish Smith is great against the Suns. Uh, Davis Bertans somehow will make ten threes. I don't know. Some so yeah. the Suns are going to have to come with their A game and not do the Detroit. Don't come in like Detroit. Absolutely, because this is a team that is they're very similar to last year. They are worst in the league in uh, opposing points given up. They give up 122 points a game, but they're second in the league in scoring points a game at 119. They're two and seven. And this reminds me of the team that we played early last year with. I mean, the final score was like 145 to 143 in regulation and the Suns lost it, if I remember correctly. And it was just it it was Ish Smith coming out and then Jack Taylor in us and Being a former Suns player who just likes to roast us, you know, it's kind of this running theme that happens. We didn't see it from Josh Jackson last night, and we didn't have the opportunity to see it from TJ Warren tonight, thankfully. So let's go into Washington. Let's handle our business. Let's be eight and three because after that's all said and done, from a scheduling standpoint, you have the Atlanta Hawks, which will be an interesting game. I think you called that one as a loss, Dave, correct? Yeah, because Trey Young just always burns the Suns. I just feel like uh, that's going to be a tough year to win. I know we beat them last year, though. That doesn't yeah. matter. But we- <laughs> They're a much better team this year. Atlanta is a much better team. They went out and did kind of the Suns thing. I think they did it a year early, like the Suns of last year, where uh, they got a couple of veterans, but they're still focused on their 20 and 22-year-olds and stuff. And so it's going to be tough for them to consistently win this year, but they're going to be closer to 500 than than uh, than not. So I, I think uh, they are going to be a tough out. I, I completely agree. I mean, the offense, the way that they play, knowing that they're only going to continue to get better, it, they're, they're going to be tough. Now, that'll be back at home. We have a three-game homestand after the Washington game. We play the Hawks. We play a, a resurgent Golden State team that has Steph Curry playing out of his mind. And then we play these Pacers again before we go on the road for one at the Grizzlies, one at the Rockets, and then home for a back-to-back against Denver. So the what I'm trying to say is this game oh, against yeah. Washington is vital because you, there's opportunities to lose a, a, a few games in there. There's, there's some challenging yeah. opponents and they will drop, you know, two or three of those games. And we, so you got to pad the stats with the wins before COVID hits the suns. Yeah. Every yeah win. I know. Well, I don't know. So Washington has three straight games against teams that came up with COVID the next day. Oh, somehow. No. Yeah. Three straight because they they played against Philadelphia. Yeah. Philadelphia almost didn't even play today because of that. Yeah. Jason Tatum with the Celtics. Yeah. And then the team before there was a third team as well, all missing guys with COVID after playing the Wizards. It's because so wear your masks, boys. Yeah, wear your masks. Are the Washington? <laughs> I, I, I won't. I won't go <laughs> political on this one. They're in on Washington. Like they got COVID. Let's just leave it alone. It's too easy. Bumps that spike. Let's just ban it from Twitter. Let's so. <laughs> um besides that an, a new segment that we have where we make fun of the fact that matthew says besides i that didn't all say the time. it once you said it once you said it once i did not you're did getting I? better you did. i pulled it up <laughs> earlier really I didn't go back guys, my anxiety is through the roof because dave's here so i probably didn't even know it because i'm so fucked why is up your anxiety through the you're roof so man focused, we gotta spend man. more time together it's because of this covid we've yeah. only been in the network together and uh, since covid started so we haven't spent yeah. enough time together i have no one to be nervous about Oh, oh, yeah, I was I was kidding. So <laughs> okay, 
<laughs> wow, well, I feel like an idiot. I, uh, I, I love it. But no, I mean, this is this is great. We we really appreciate you coming on the Jam Session podcast, especially considering you woke up ever so early and you had to be focused and talk suns. And we know what it's like. I this is well past my bedtime, boys. What I know. It? I mean, it's, it's almost 8, 12, time for my pureed prunes. And a warm, a warm tea, maybe warm milk. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. get like a nice ice or a nice warm milk, and just relax and watch Mad Men on Amazon Prime. If you go to bed tonight, you mash pass- reruns. No, it's Ooh, mash reruns. yeah, that's where it's at. Yeah, that was on all the time growing up in my household. So, um, as Coda Kid says, wash your hands a distance. Seriously, guys, we're almost at the end of this thing. Let's get through it, okay? Let's get through it. We're almost at the end. We only have 62 more games to go. <laughs> oh, I'm at COVID. We only have like six more months to go, I hope. Because uh, I hope. I really yes. want to go to a Suns game again. Fingers. I know, Cross right? those fingers. You know, do yeah. your part. I think that's what it's about. So, uh, again, you know, thank you, Dave, for joining us on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Remember, everybody, you can follow uh, Dave at the Sun Solar Panel. Read his magnificent writing on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. Uh, what what other yeah, bright side of the sun dot com? It's actually a website. Been around a yeah. lot longer than the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that's... thank you. And on Twitter at Dave King NBA. I was trying to come up with something funny on what NBA actually stood you for. Can't because Espo owns the rights. Nothing but ass. I know he does. It, nothing but ass. NBA. Nothing Dave but King, ass. Nothing but ass. <laughs> for the win. Boy, you you have no idea. No, just kidding. All right. We won't right. go any further. <laughs> Um, again, if you're, if, if you're watching, we appreciate it. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the thumbs up button and subscribe as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. And you can follow the podcast at Suns Jam, wherever you get your Twitter. So that's it. Hopefully we uh, we go into Washington and we end up 8-3. and three. But you know what? We're 7-3. and three. Everything's right in Suns land. Yep. If we were 3-8 and eight right now, these would be very depressing oh, podcasts. Really? And I don't know if we'd be doing them every night. But you know what? We'll be here I live. You guys, you guys started this in the middle of a pandemic. So, yeah, I think you would still be potting through a 3-8 and eight and, and any kind of, well, yeah. lost 22 in a row, <laughs> but we're still here. <laughs> Two people would be watching. Who was your player like, of the game? Yeah. I say a Canaan had a great game. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like, like he could be a player. Leg. <laughs> but, you know, and, and shout out again to all the Jamsters who come in and, jo- and join us after we go live. We really appreciate it. So uh, for Dave King, for Matthew Lissy, uh, I, my beer's empty. I'm going to go get another one. Matthew, got anything else for the fine folks out there? No, nothing. Dave, do you have something to say? I don't, man. I've I've been talking all day and night about these Suns. I'm excited. This oh, okay. is the best run, uh, most positive I feel about this Suns team since uh, the Nash years. Yep. Amen. This is yep. great. I thought you were actually going to steal my line, so I'm going to go for it. Uh, everyone, go home and love your family. <laughs> I decided to give that one back to you. Oh, thank you. Uh, take care, <laughs> back to you, Matthew.